Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is the weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 57 was recorded live Thursday, March 3rd, 2011. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. This is episode 57. Here are some of the articles we'll have in the news this week. Family Sues Utah Resort. Christian Lambertson passes on. Greenies try to torpedo ship. WSU Scuba Diver receives award. Another record attempt. And we have Crucifix viewing under the ice. And as always, I'd like to welcome my co-host from the muddy side of town, Jim. How you doing today, Jim? Hey, I'm doing really good tonight. Um, you're sounding better, that's for I'm, sure. I'm, thank you. I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, if, if we had done anything last week, uh, I don't know how we'd have made it. I, uh, the sign language or Braille wouldn't have come across real well. It was uh, dicey. It, fe- it felt like I had been sick for so long. It was one of those nasty colds. Nothing you can take for it other than over-the-counter stuff. Uh, I had a fever for a couple days, went to work. You go home, go to bed. I just lost all sense of time. And then when it's over with, it was, really wasn't over. I've had two weeks of goopy stuff I won't describe on on the podcast, but it's so much better to be now. And then, unfortunately, my daughters, who started this whole sickness cycle through the family, is sick again tonight with a fever. So I'm hoping it doesn't come around again. Everybody gets a turn before it's over. Ugh. How's your family doing? Everybody staying healthy? Yeah, you guys are staying over there, right? <laughs> until until <laughs> no. Saturday, we'll, we'll we'll mingle with you, pass it on. <laughs> yeah, well, if if we survived last Saturday evening, I think we're gonna we're gonna be fine. We're yeah. we're okay. Uh, well, a good dive takes care of everything sick, or at least you that's right. That's why flushes the bloodstream. Yep, uh, breathing on that regulator will clear you right on out. So what we're gonna do now is get right on into the news. We got a little bit of catching up to do since we were off for a week. Thank you everybody for coming back and listening again. Uh, I hated to skip a week, but uh, just wasn't in the cards to do it. So, and you can hear my voice breaking again. So we'll, we'll try and get through this. We might like how they have uh, games can be called from rain. Uh, we might call this one for voice, but we'll get through as much of it we can. Uh, the first article this week is, uh, and I usually don't like to do anything on a death, but uh, you know somebody had a, a tragic event. It wasn't a diver, but it was at a dive location. Uh, we have a family that's suing a Utah resort over a diver's death. And if you've been listening to Scuba Obsessed, you can remember Shelly Howard, where she did her open water. And in that same location, there was somebody that probably wasn't too long about the time she was doing her dives had uh, had a tragic accident passed and and what it was it was a young man uh 26 year old from minnesota who was uh you know really into some adventure sports and decided that he was going to do free diving so what he did is uh you know as this time of year it's kind of hard unless you're going to be in a dry suit or you're hardy like us in wetsuits but you're not going to be getting in the water so he took advantage of that uh, geothermal pool 
known as the crater to practice uh, long dives underwater. So when he was there, he uh, was doing some you know deep dives at six-minute stretches. He had borrowed a mask from a scuba dive instructor, but he was just, from what I understand, uh, free diving, and he failed to come to the surface. And uh, people there noticed he was diving by himself. Uh, the guy who loaned him the mask went down and found him floating on the bottom. And after resuscitation attempts, um, they were unable to revive him. But now his family the next year is suing. And the reason they're suing is over a recently enacted Utah law that had just gone into effect, which says that geothermal pools, meaning the type of pools you would see at a resort, require a lifeguard. So how's that? Uh, you know. <laughs> so, so here's the here's the location that was only meant for scuba diving, and uh, they're they're using the technicality of a law to go and sue this the scuba diving location. So they're saying that had had there been a lifeguard on duty, he wouldn't have died, and since it was a law, uh, they're they're not liable. And it, from what I understand, and we don't have de- that much details into it, but that the the organization had been notified, and you know, all we can assume is that they decided that it didn't apply to them because really, it's meant for if you've got you know a resort and you're selling this as therapeutic, and you're sitting there in bubbly water, uh, you know, because because you think about it, what's the difference between this warm water and the cold water of the lake? I mean, if I go scuba diving in cold water. Or free diving? Do I get to sue everybody? Yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> probably shouldn't be able to, but but you can. You, you probably you probably yeah, you're gonna get sued no matter what. But sitting sitting is an armchair, and it's tragic. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a horrible thing. But if if there was a lifeguard on duty, would he or she have been able to positively impact that event? The way I understand it, he was practicing for uh, free diving, right? Right. Trying to get his time to like six minutes. He was talking about trying to get as far as he possibly could. Um, what would have a, a traditionally trained lifeguard have been able to do in, in a situation like that? You know, it, it's so easy to speculate and to say that, you know, a little bit quicker one way or another could have helped. But actually, you have to take responsibility for your own actions. If you're doing that type of training, I mean, watch people who are serious, either free divers or just people who are doing record attempts on holding breath underwater. You have to have somebody with you because what happens if you misjudge? I mean, the difference between setting the record and not could be blacking out six inches below. And if you're six inches below the surface... When you black out, you're just as equally dead. So it's not up to the location to have that safety. It's up for you and the activity because that is not a normal activity that a, a, a resort or anybody else should be expecting somebody to do. And it's actually higher risk than organized scuba diving. Yeah, it's, it is. And like we're talking in in the chat room a little bit, there's some some talking about how with uh, free diving, dedicated spotters and teammates, buddies, and that sort of thing. Oh, exactly um, at different you know, depths. I mean, it, and th- and this gentleman came by himself uh, and was uh, I, what I'm presuming is just you know what he thought was the beginnings of learning how to stretch his lung capacity and get right. some practice in, but uh, really should have at least had somebody with him 
who understood the sport, who could coach her or help him. But uh, a tra- tragic accident. But unfortunately, if these people win, it doesn't take that much of a lawsuit, even though they're not asking for millions of dollars, just 75000 uh, A small right. business like that probably can't, can't absorb an expense like that. You know, you, you can say insurance would cover it, but now if insurance pays out, they don't pay that out for nothing. They're going to raise your rates, and you know, plus most likely the, this this location is now going to have to have a, a lifeguard on duty, which really doesn't add any value. I mean, I'm sure there's creative ways they can figure out how to do that, but that's not really within their business plan. You know, they're going to pass costs on to everybody for something that isn't really going to make it that much safer. Right. Exactly. The next and again, it's horrible. I want to put out condolences to the family and, and survivors. Horrible situation. Yeah. So anyway, you said on to the next. On to yes. the next one. So we, we, we start with the, with the darker stories and work our way up. Uh, this is another one. Uh, Christian Lambertson, who is credited as being one of the early inventors of the scuba diving, and in fact, they even said he coined the word scuba. What died, an adventurer. Yeah, died at 93 uh, in his U.S. home, and just reading through the story of his life is absolutely amazing. I had always thought it was Jacques Cousteau, and not to diminish, you know, his his con- contribution to the sport and uh, the the gear that he helped pioneer. But this is somebody in in the United States, uh, and, and you just look at, you know, there are certain people who are just destined to be inventors and he was one of them i mean everything he was doing not only was he making inventions before he even got into school related to air and scuba diving but he also became a doctor and then he pioneered uh some of these underwater breathing apparatus in 1941 lambertson worked with the army's office of strategic service to establish the underwater forces deployed in burma and then he later worked with the Navy to train yeah. surface frogmen to become divers. Yep. And he was the first one to exit and then re-enter into a submerged submarine. Now that is cool. Yeah. Think so, about the guts it takes to do that the first yeah, so, time around. So he's just not somebody who's you know on paper and theory. He was actually in there doing it. And uh, in the show notes, we'll have a link to a video uh, that shows him in some of the early equipment and what's going on. So definitely into that. Uh, he, he retired... In 1987, but continued to patent. He's, he did uh, studies in high-pressure oxygen therapy for the treatment of disease. He patented Interogen, a fire suppression product now used in commercial buildings and to extinguish fires in submarine and spacecraft. Uh, he also received the highest civilian honors in Department of Defense and the Coast Guard. In 2000, Navy SEALs proclaimed him the father of U.S. combat swimming. So think, think about this. Some of the things that this man has done in his lifetime, think about all the things that we do, say diving, for instance. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of exciting. It's kind of new to us, but it's easy for us because so many have gone before this guy had, has pioneered in so many ways. And a lot of the, the guys from that era did too, you know, not, not just him, but he's the one we're talking about right now but was the first to go out and do many of these things, not because he saw it done or he had it taught done. He, he came up with a way, devised a plan, and did it successfully and came back to tell about it. Exactly. That is cool. A, a lot of uh, 
divers from this era all did parallel discoveries and pioneered at the same time, but just what an exciting time. And we get the benefit from it. The, the discovery is not yet over. There's plenty to see. Now with the tools that they have given us, we can see a lot more of the underwater world. Yes, indeed. So hats off to a life well-lived, Christian Lambertson. Uh, next story is greenies, and I think this must be an Australian term. The greenies try to torpedo ship scuttle plans. So uh, through that complicated title, uh, they're trying to, to sink a decommissioned warship, the HMAS Adelaide, off the new South Wales central coast. And the environmental group is trying to keep it from going down. Uh, Lands Minister Tony Kelly says that Alan... Adelaide, <laughs> I said it right the first time. I'll screw it up the second time. <laughs> we'll be sunk off the Avaca. We're going back for another pass. Avaca Beach in April 13, where it'll become an international tourist attraction for scuba divers. Uh, the, the vessel has undergone stringent measures, but representatives say that they want to ensure that local environment is not polluted. They point out that another sunken ship, the Canberra, is breaking up and causing environmental damage. Now, it would be interesting, and I didn't get a chance before the show to see what it was about the Canberra, but are they comparing an accidentally sunken wreck to an intentional wreck that's been cleaned up? I don't know. I don't know enough about either one of these, but I, I'm kind of speechless. Yeah. I, th- I really believe that it's much ado about nothing and that there's a certain segment of people that don't believe that humans have any business being on planet Earth anyway, yeah. period. Well, I, I, I won't express really what my thoughts are but there's a way that they can take care of at least <laughs> themselves <laughs> if you can well, read we yeah might. yeah uh, so thinly veiled thinly sure, veiled but... not 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 really well veiled but thinly yeah I, it's like gosh it's it, just saying no to everything is not you know active mm-hmm. you know there's so much stuff you can do go out there be positive do something. Just saying no to everything, and they and they act like the. the oh gosh, yeah, it's it's not even worth arguing with them. They're not listening anyway. But uh, this right. type of stuff just gets me worked up. And yeah, I've, I, I'm a little biased. I want to see you know sink everything every time I I go by a vessel. I'm like, boy, you know that would actually look better underwater. Yeah, yeah so, that's true. So I'm like, you know, just get over there in that corner and just, you know, sink down below the surface. No no lives lost, but just uh, hit the bottom a little bit. So, but they say the group is consulting with lawyers and tends to take further legal action to stop the scuttle plan. So hopefully down there there's some some way that, to get this to go on because it, I, I'd love to. I mean, I, I know I can't dive every wreck that's ever going to be put down, but uh, the more the merrier. Let's get some more down there, get some more diving. And it, and it makes a reef. So, mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Next up, we have a scuba diving director receives award, WSU. And every time I see three-letter acronyms for universities, I have to try and figure out where the heck they are. Like there's only one WSU. Uh, but this particular case, it's Washington State University. Barry Moore, professor of natural resource sciences and the father in longtime expert in scuba diving is receiving an award for outstanding excellence in the service of the National Association of Underwater Instructors, NAWI, in this list of accomplishments. So congratulations to him. 
they said over the years since he started teaching in 1982, 4,000 students have become certified divers. So wow. every semester he does 70 to 100 students. So that is great. We love to see that. When, <laughs> how many uh, dive shops would love to run through uh, that many divers every semester? In fact, there's got to be a couple dive shops there that really owe some existence or profits to Barry Moore for getting all these new divers out there enjoying the sport. So it's it's an excellent. You sure think so? Yeah, I, I love it when these these universities, you know, because when we went to school, like when you go to high school, you didn't have a whole lot of choice. How great would it have been to be able to take scuba diving as your PE elective? You know, instead of being the victim of dodgeball. I would have probably spent more time at school, that's for sure, or wanted to be there more. <laughs> oh, yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. And then you get them started young, and you got a whole life of diving. Can, can I go off on a side tangent here? Sure, sure. Looking at this article, the Internet is pretty big, wouldn't you agree? As your yeah, the I, Internet I th- as a whole. Looking at this page, you know, we were teasing about the WSU and where it's at. How easy is it to find out the location of this article? I mean, you, where physically, geographically, this is coming from? It takes a little bit. Of doing well over a year and a half of these news articles, I can't tell you how many times oh. I'll read a whole article, not figure out who it is, look all over the page, not figure out the address, click all the links, all the options, and still not have any idea you know, they'll, they'll mention a town which could be, you know, Calypso or something, and you'll right. never have any idea where it's at. I, I frequently have to search and back into it and through some internet detective type of techniques figure it out. But it, it's almost like they assume that because you're visiting them, you're going to know. I mean, we're not their target audience. They're not. No, oh, not absolutely not. And I've got any of their advertisers are, are not. I'm I'm not going to go here and look for an apartment in Western Washington, uh, right? You know, or right. this uh, new leasings that they've got going on, or based or university. So yeah, I can understand. But yeah, just put a little something now here in really fine type at the bottom. You can at least find out that it's it's Washington, but uh, yes. I, I actually found out, uh, I think part of it was in the story mentioning, you know, for it was like West Coast, so like, you know, I'm going, okay, states with W, you know, because it could be, <laughs> you know, it could be Western Virginia, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of, you know, Wyoming, all sorts of different W states, so yeah, I, I agree with you You're there, so. So anyway, I'm done with our, that. Our, a little side rant there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow! But yeah, nonetheless, that's a huge number of people to have passed through and oh, certified. Yeah. How fun would that have been? Well, can you imagine how many people must come up to him? I mean, after a, a, a lifetime of, of teaching like that, how many students oh, are, are are coming up and going? I don't know if you remember me, but I did this, and they're coming back and telling you about all the trips that they that they've taken. You know, how, how many people? Because they went to college and took his class and then gone and done careers. Because you, you're getting them at such a young point in a mm-hmm. life. So either whether it's recreational or professional or some other people, uh, you know, they eventually become instructors themselves. So so great. I mean, that's, that's one of the greatest things you can do is teach. Uh, next up, we have a scuba diver attempts to break a record. 
uh, Bob Pruitt, 46, of Marietta, is uh, likely to breathe air naturally for the first time in 24 hours. So uh, this is the story's a, a little bit old, but what he's doing is he's he's practicing. He's got coming up uh, from June. He's going to go from June 3rd to the 5th. He's going to try and break the record, but these are some of the practice dives he's doing. He's known as uh, Scuba Bo or Scubo. Scubo? Scubo. Yeah, Scubo. Bo. S C U B O. So that'd be Scubo. Scubo. Uh, so, sounds like Where's a. the O silent? Scoob. Scub? Scub? Scoob? Yeah, maybe. Remained underwater in his gear prepar- in preparation of breaking the. In, in attempting to break the world record for the longest <laughs> open saltwater dive. So, you know, a lot of this is work on the logistics. I guess, you know, if you can do it for 24 hours, you just kind of s- scale it out a little bit and you can get to the uh, nearly 50 hours that he needs. He's going to go a little bit long because uh, uh, the last couple of world records are still trying to validate. So he, he kind of needs mm-hmm. to overshoot the most recent one, a record of 48 hours and eight minutes was set in United Kingdom, which we we talked about by William Goodman. And then in Indonesia in January, um, oh, and that, that was his. And then they have another one, uh, Ivan Zerov of Bulgaria. Uh, an instructor <laughs> spent 50 hours and two minutes. So he's got to overshoot that. So he's planning on 51 hours. So prior to this 24-hour practice attempt, he had done 12 hours underwater at a time. He's done it at five feet in the fitness center. Yes, that is that is cool. Now in the Cherokee Tribune, about midway through this article, I'd like to say uh, it's interesting that they're talking about all the support um, that they've got going on. Um, but they make a point of point uh, making a point. One thing divers aren't assisting Pruitt in is his personal relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, did you did you catch what they say uh, is taking care of that for him? Is uh, his, his his dry? Did he name his dry suit? I I don't know if he's going to be using the dry suit after the dive because I'm trying to think of everything. I mean, I mean, do they sew an extra leg on? <laughs> I mean, I'm You're trying making to think of some assumptions there. Well, I'm trying. Well, yeah. I, no, I'm thinking on the backside, not not the front. But yeah, he's uh, gosh. I mean, because that's that's like two and a half days. I mean, you can't, you're just not, you know, you can't do the astronaut thing. A diaper's not going to cover it, or like, I guess cover it. Yeah. It's not not going to hold it. it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, for for men in a in a dry suit, we got the P valve, but I mean, this is a, this is a different valve. <laughs> yeah, some somebody in the chat room said the S valves. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, so. Uh, but but yeah, I thought it was kind of neat that they decided that out of all this other stuff, that's well, what we're going to bring up. Well, you know, kind of back to the astronauts. What what does every school group ever ask an astronaut? You know, how do you go to the bathroom in space? So I mean, it's just it's. I mean, we're talking about it. That's it's, right. It's it's just you know nothing's funnier than a good bathroom joke, and, and you can remember that. So. I, <laughs> <laughs> but but so so he um has been practicing and practicing and practicing and he's going to do it this summer right June third to fifth so we're going to have to keep an eye on this one yeah 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 
yeah, we'll have to keep a, an eye on this one. So we'll we'll do a follow up. I'm I'm sure if he if he's successful, that we'll hear about it. And this next one up is we have a crucifix viewing set for Saturday on Bay Ice. And this one is up in the Great Lakes, not too far from us. Enough of a drive where we can't just jaunt on out. But in the little Traverse Bay, and I've been up there. It's not that little. Uh, the public is invited. And, and this is what's nice about this. The public's invited on Saturday, March 5th, for viewing of an underwater crucifix um, nor- located north of Petoskey Sunset Park. A uh, quarter mile offshore, the crucifix, the crucifix rests in 21 feet of water and serves as a memorial to divers who have lost their lives, shipwreck victims, and victims of other water-related fatalities. So I, th- I thought that was is kind of nice. They've been doing this for a number of years. Originally uh, started by a now-defunct diving club. Uh, took uh, The crucifix viewing first took place in 1986. It's occurred at least 20 of the years since. No viewing took place last year because of unstable ice conditions. So I'm assuming they've got a little bit better ice up there than we do down here right now. The highest attendance ever recorded sure. for the viewing was 1,800 people. Wow. So, and then I'm thinking that, well, this is only, and, and, and you know, how are they viewing it? They must, I guess, I guess uh, it's seen through a hole in the ice. Hmm. So I don't know, do you just, like, do they make, like, you lay down and you put your face in the water? So, oh, kind of like we do when we try and locate a an object, throw your mask on and stick your head in the water. Which which makes you look kind of silly and you really still don't see anything. <laughs> but yeah. No, but you feel like you're doing something oh, and yeah, doggone well, it, that's half the half the equation. Exactly. So uh, that's what they've been doing. The scuba there's but there's also going to be scuba diving opportunities available on the ice. During Saturday's event, divers will be responsible for their own gear, including choice of wet or dry suit, although uh, there may be some assistance with moving a gear across the ice, which, you know, heck, that's, that's half of it. If they're doing it down here, you know we'd be there. Shore support is greatly appreciated no matter what. Yeah, if it, you know, if you decide you never want to dive but you're willing to be support, we can make you an honorary member of the dive club. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, if, if you're going to Sherpa gear, there's no end. I mean, I think we'll even buy a lunch and all sorts of stuff. So come on out. You know, if you're afraid to get in the water, there's plenty of other support duties that you can do. We also need people to go through the libraries and research material. Oh, I had. Don't don't worry about that. So interesting. I I had never heard of this before, but I hadn't either. Uh, and right in our own backyard. So it's it's one of those things that mm-hmm. we'll have to plan on doing at some at least some point. Another another thing to to put in a checklist. And probably one of the more interesting stories of the week. We have scuba scooters reportedly used across border. Down in San Diego, what suit clad man and teenager arrested in Imperial Beach? After allegedly swimming around the U.S.-Mexico international border with the aid of scuba dive propulsion device, the scuba scooter, the man became the object of custom and border protection attention approximately 8.45 p.m. when an office and air marine helicopter reportedly spotted them walking north along the beach in the vicinity of Seacoast Dive with a scuba scooter in hand. When land-based border agents approached, the duo attempted to conceal themselves by lying and covering themselves in sand. <laughs> Here. And I'm not making like Okay, I am. But you're laying there. <laughs> you just start throwing sand up on you. I don't understand. 
<laughs> just oh. I, I've been I, I don't uh, story is that it's it's like uh, it's like the uh, dumbest criminals uh, TV shows they've got and you know it's like uh, you know <laughs> so oh well uh, it's not like that, funny, huh? but it it is I'm just picturing you know some because at some point. You know, let's just to make it the most hilarious. They're in middle of the beach, and you know each are fending for themselves. So like, yeah, you can get the legs covered, you can get an arm covered, a chest. How do you? I mean, what do you do with that last little bit? Oh, they're just gonna think this is a decapitated arm. Walk on and by. And just totally ignore it. <laughs> Plus, even if you do get yourself covered, what are you gonna look like? A starfish or or a corpse buried in the sand? <laughs> And how you know is is this kind of like you know the, if you if you cover your eyes and you can't see them they can't see you I mean it's it's like this is like the game we play with our dogs you know you you know they they the, you're calling the dog and it's because it's it's starting to run off and it goes and sure. hides behind the the tree and says well you can't mm-hmm. see me and you can see its tail right wagging out the side yeah this is just the same thing so um, needless to say the propulsion device was confiscated. The men did not have scuba gear, so the agents suspected they did not attempt to cross underwater. Using scuba scooters to help swim around the border may seem a little crazy. The Mexican border smuggling reported by drug cartels typically charge prospective illegal immigrants between 1500 and 4000 across. Um, and then if you are smuggled, they say that sometimes they extort money from relatives. So at $700, potential entry-level scooters is an attractive alternative. Uh, they're able to get some pretty decent speed, and they can pull them around the partially submerged fence between Tijuana and Imperial Beach. Right, and and just traditionally, like we usually do, we make uh, make light of a pretty serious subject sometimes. Uh, but if you want to read up on some of that stuff, there are some pretty scary and uh, heartbreaking stories about families that have tried to come across the border and and uh, fallen into the hands of ne'er-do-wells um, who have either promised to get them across or, or whatever. And it is, there are some tough stories out there. Uh, it's but, desperation that, that drives people to try and do things to get across that border. Well, especially now in Mexico. I mean, it's not getting any better. Hopefully they can get some of this violence turned around. It'll make it much better. I want to get down there do some diving. So uh, get that get that country taken care of and whatever we can do to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's a follow-up article. This one, uh, and uh, let's see, this is back from episode 17. So uh, I'll, I'll read the the letter, and hopefully I don't say something that I shouldn't say on the air. So maybe we'll have to edit. But uh, it says, hi, Darren and Jim. My name is Kevin. I'm instructor and owner of Ocean Tech Scuba in Pen- Penison, British. Nah, it's not right. Pentakin, British Columbia, Canada. I came across your podcast, my BlackBerry, and later after listening to the first show, downloaded all the episodes when making my way through them, almost caught up. I love listening to your dive adventures and the dive conditions, and you guys are very similar to what we have diving in the (laughs) Okanagan Valley. (laughs) True to form. True to form, yep. Uh, Most cold water with limited visibility. However, a bad uh, day is about 10 feet with good being about 20 to 25, which sounds great to us. Right. Uh, I also enjoyed hearing about uh, you two advanced from beginning divers to more advanced type of diving. I was also surprised when in episode 17 I heard my name mentioned. 
I almost drove off the road. If you remember, I was a dive instructor you found, who found the remains of a person inside a car recovered for an underwater cleanup back oh. in April 2010. I thought you guys might be interested in the follow-up. So absolutely, if we do an article on you, we'd love to hear the follow-up. The person in the car was identified a week or so later by a birth certificate found in the car along with the remains. It turned out to be a 19-year-old woman from a nearby town who was driving back from a party back in 1971. And then she drove Wait off minute, the road. 1971, he found her remains in 2010? Yeah, uh, just a little less than a year ago. Wow. You know, and uh, you know, we were alive, born, meaning, before she passed on tragically but uh uh she's she's almost our age i mean that's that's uh well it'll be 40 years ago in a month so 39 years later they found her body the family reported her missing after she didn't show up for her brother's wedding a few days later she'd been known to take off from time to time if she's a bit of a party girl the family assumed she ran away from her 18 months old son to be raised by his grandparents his son now 40 years Old has been told by people his whole life that his mother abandoned him. Now, after all these years, he knows that his mother didn't abandon him. That life was tragically cut short in an accident. So a little bit of closure there for the family, which is good. So it's, it's nice that they were able to tie that back. So we appreciate the information. Uh, he says, I love the show. Keep up the good work. Either yourselves find yourselves in his area. Drop him a line, and we'll take you guys out for a few dives. So we'll have to take you up on that. <laughs> Uh, any chance to dive, we're certain. So thank you, Kevin. Sure. From Ocean Tech Scuba. Uh, we'll put a link to, in the show notes. So a great follow-up. We love to hear that. So we're now to that time of the show where, uh, show where we get to talk about some scuba diving. So Finally. Finally. And then we, we actually did dive. And this is before. <laughs> yes, this is actually before uh, we missed last week so uh, we, we had a, a plan it was kind of a late in the day dive it was uh, a Saturday dive gosh it's been yeah. that long already Cause yeah was it, it wasn't, yeah it sure is was it last week was it the week before yeah it was last, was last week. oh so it would have been okay god sense of time I tell you so uh, last week Saturday we got in a river dive so what are your thoughts on that dive I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. First of all, it was late in the day, but, you know, everybody had some things going on, and it was either we do it late or we don't do it. So the option is we do it late, right? Yeah. Are you there? Okay. Yeah, I'm still and, here. Um, but uh, so we went, and I liked it. It was There was no ice to be seen. Uh, our friendly ducks were swimming on the riverbank with us. The current was a bit of a surprise. Oh, yeah. I the, yeah. Yeah, we had... Uh... You know, Viz was better than I was expecting. You know, we've had some thawing and rain and and stuff going on, so I was expecting it to be kind of like when we had the uh, the pier dive early in the year last year. That was probably about April time frame. Oh no, actually, probably about March, wouldn't it have been? Yes. Yeah, it was probably yeah. the middle middle end of March. Uh, but there was nothing to worry about there, certainly, because the visibility turned out to be pretty good. I yeah. was calling it five or six feet anyway i think yeah i mean when i can hold my hands out and still see my fingers that's great viz or uh, let me say right good viz but especially in a river so uh well the visibility the visibility was pretty good until somebody upstream 
<laughs> was grubbing and then kind of went right in your corridor, <laughs> like, like you and I were talking about it. As you're as you're looking around and it starts to get a little darker and a little darker, you know somebody's right in front of you upstream a little bit, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it goes pitch black. All you can do is kind of just put your head down and uh, and hang on because you're sure you're going to get a, a regulator kicked out of your mouth or your face mask knocked off or something like I, that. I, I had my river stick blocking in front. Uh, I, I think I had the sharp end down, but uh, <laughs> I, was ex- I was expecting some to come, somebody to come bowling because it was, I'd say that has to be some of the strongest current we've had this year. Uh, I mean, we've been in other parts of the river where it's been that strong, but for that section. That, that was, section is normally pretty tame. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. We're, we're kind of on the inside of a curve, so. Uh, you know, the, you know, it does kind of come crossed back. I mean, there's a few holes and stuff, but yeah. So we had quite a bit of current. I mean, it was to the point where the river stick in the bottom was just sliding. You know, I, I could, uh, the bottom was either too hard for me to get a, a, a grip in or just too silty. Yeah. Right. You just, you just slid on. Right. Yeah, Cause I, it. yeah. So, but I, you know, we did find a, a, a few bottles. Uh, Mac yeah, was, there, was there with us, and I was to the point when I, I'm getting a little bit more. Since we've we've really picked over this spot, we've hit all the easy stuff, and this is more just to like let's get wet and get some in time in. So my strategy this time was uh, to just go and look for bottles, and when I find a bottle, dig there. Uh, first off, I found a golf ball, so it was an official dive. Got a golf ball right off. Yes, and then uh, found the glass and just start digging down. In the hole, so uh, it, it worked. I didn't find anything too too amazing. You know, a couple little bottles, but you found something. I did. I found uh, a couple different little pieces of glass, but I I found uh, a ceramic. It looks like a little. Uh, I don't even know what it looks like. like a little moonshine jug, I guess. But it's a miniature. It's about um, six to eight inches high, and it's in really good shape. I was kind of surprised, and I've got a bad habit of putting these sorts of things, my treasures that I don't want to break in my bag, and then they get dragged and, and banged together, and then I pull them out to to show my new find, and it's broken. Oh, does that make you crazy? <laughs> you know, it wasn't like that when I put it in the bag. So I'm, I make my way up. I've got two, two bottles in my left hand. One of them is that little porcelain bottle, and I'm making my way up in the current, and I kind of slip, and I I go to catch myself, and the bottles fall down in the current. Oh, I was heartbroken because I thought for sure they were gone. So I, I dropped down, and I took my uh, my grab bag or my capture bag and, and threw a brick in it that I had found below and left it right there where I dropped them for a marker. And I start doing patterns and grids and looking upstream or downstream uh, with the, the current to try and find this bottle. Nothing, nothing. Finally, I found it. So I come up and I take my bottle back and I go back and I find my bag. I can't find my bag. <laughs> I can't find a neon yellow or neon green well, bag. I, that I, I, think, I think I actually figured out a way that? of of simplifying my bottle finding is that if I, if I is if I locate a bag <laughs> and there's usually <laughs> bottles in it. So, you know, here I thought that you know, I was just finding some, you know, bag that some unfortunate diver years before had dropped. <laughs> in a spot that I had frequently been on that could not have possibly been. So yeah, I, I pulled it up out of the water and I look back and you're still in there, but uh, we had a few. Go ahead. Yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. Uh, Mac found that plate. Uh, I've, I took possession of that to try and clean that up and see if it's, uh, 
anything to look at, and it's still being uh, soaking right now. So, but it was fun. I had a good time. The water was, um, if I remember right, I think it recorded 34, 36 degrees, something like that. Does that sound right? It probably was. It seemed warm. <clears throat> so I, I mean, I, I, yeah, it was probably. I mean, it had to be. I mean, the the I, there wasn't any ice on it, but uh, it, you know, I would have said it felt forty-ish, but it was probably thirty. We're just we're just getting thick skin, I, I think, or winter fat <laughs> growing. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm cultivating my winter dive gear. Yeah, but but I but I feel better because I, I did I, I threw an extra four pounds in one of my my pockets. But I felt better because I actually was buoyanced better. You know, it's like after the previous ice dive where I just, everything just seemed to go wrong. This one went much better. So uh, we did have a couple entanglements where we had the crossing the streams. <laughs> where, uh, yeah, you were, you, were, you were pulling and couldn't figure out why your flag wouldn't follow you. Yeah, well, I got, I hooked on to something and I figured... Uh... It uh, probably wasn't anything worth a whole lot of money. It was just probably my dive buddy. So. Yeah, and you probably didn't have any 250-pound test lines. So. No, so I didn't try and uh, <laughs> bring you up without a net. So, uh, but yeah, so that was a, a, a great dive. I mean, it was just nice to get back in the water and, and I, putting the gear on. You know, it had only been three weeks since our previous dive, but it was like, I was just starting to get that rusty. You know, it's like I'm struggling a little bit more than normal getting my wetsuit on and trying to get everything all together. So I just, it's nice to to get back and and get into the, the routine again. So we have to we have to schedule another dive here real soon. I, right. I don't know. I don't. Right. And that brings up brings up a good point though, Darren. Like what you're talking about is if you if you always wait for those epic dives, you're going to be rusty. Um, oh yeah. You know, go out and take that opportunity to go out and dive local, uh, once a month, a couple times a month, so that you're setting up. You know, the the setting up portion, and the entry, and the exit, and the tear down portion is the same whether you're on, uh, you know, on some big excursion, on, um, you know, a travel dive, or whether you're three miles down the road at our local river uh, dive spot. That part of it's the same that that you get to become familiar with and the more you become familiar with that the better diver that you'll be there i'm done no i i agree with you get out there and and dive such a great sport we have to get out there support your dive centers go on in there and i'm sure they'd love to to, to sell you some gear <clears throat> so do we have any yeah. do we have any future dives planned um Eden. No, <laughs> nothing concrete. I don't think I'd sure like to uh, maybe try and get in the water this weekend. It's kind of slim. Yeah, got some things going on. Maybe Sunday afternoon. Well, maybe we'll have, to, out there. well, we'll have to see that. I keep I've had people from out of town in and as, as we're driving through St. Joe and I'm looking out over the lake. I'm I'm thinking that that water looks kind of inviting. You know, just a few little icebergs floating around out there and some sandbars form. So I don't oh, think yeah. I'll be too much longer and we'll be out there. When's, when's Bob get back from Hawaii? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, that, um, if you, if you go from Hawaii, if you go from Hawaii to like cold 
lake water, doesn't that like crack your, your gear or something? Isn't that like that shock? Yeah. Causes stress fractures or something. So yeah, maybe maybe when he gets home, he needs to throw his gear in the refrigerator and you know to kind of condition it so it'll be prepared. Sure. We're we're talking um, for future future dives. I've got a, a couple of acquaintances that are newly certified divers that we're going to be taking out uh, this summer and getting in some shallow lake dives. They've never dug off of or dug <laughs> if dove off of uh, dove in. Dovin. Okay, let's... <laughs> Dovin. What is that like past for? <laughs> he, he has never um, entered the water from a boat. Um, so we're going to do a couple of shallow Lake Michigan dives this summer when the water's nice and warm and the sun is hot. And uh, see how that goes. So I'm kind of <laughs> looking forward to that. Yeah. No, that certainly. It, it, it's amazing. That first time you go down a dive line. And as you get about 30, 40 feet off the bottom and that wreck starts to materialize, you can see a little bit of the dark shapes, the ribs or skeleton of the vessel, and it slowly comes into view and you can see that wreck laid out before you. Uh, that, That's my my favorite oh. favorite uh, portion of a dive, to be quite honest, is that, that in between. You can't see the surface behind you, you can't see the boat, and you can barely, if at all, make out... Uh, make out what you're diving down onto but you've got anchor line both above and below you um as you're dropping in that is just oh, that is what a feeling oh yeah if you, if you haven't done that you're missing out so come on out and do some wreck dives it's great i love all dives but wreck dives that's just that's that's awesome mm-hmm. so and then also in the last couple of weeks we did get to one of the local dive shops they had a dry suit rep come in and was showing off some gear so we, that's you know, right. So even though we we had a week where we didn't get a dive, we were able to qualify for surface dive uh, logging. So uh, got to talk to that, and you know, it's like I, I the, you know, God, what, what we could do with some money, <laughs> we could be, we could be dangerous. You know, it's like if you have yeah. money and it just laying there, gosh, I could easily, I, I'd have, I'd have bought in that night, which is what they're hoping for. I mean, uh, sure. So so you know the you know. You know, if you're a dive shop, you know, this is a perfect time of year to be getting those reps in because, uh, you know, it just extends the, the season to get people in the dry suits. And unless you're like us and you dive anyway, I can't, I can't hold off without. But, you know, that dry suit, gosh, you know, I was just, you know, I, was, I didn't have enough quarters in my pocket to get one. But That's right. Well, you ask what we would do with some money. Uh, we'd quickly not have any money. <laughs> I could blow through some money at the dive shop like nothing. Um, but they were pretty nice. We we went and looked, and it was uh, it was actually the Fusion, uh, the White's Fusion line that we looked at and saw yeah. some demos and and things like that, and it was very cool. Um, got uh, some firsthand uh, hands-on stuff with them, and mm-hmm. I can understand why people talk them up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it looked very interesting. Uh, some got the chance to try them on. I, you know, it's like me. It's like I don't like to test drive a car unless I'm ready to buy. And I think it's kind of like the same way with a, a dry suit. Now, if, if there had been water there, then I, I think I wouldn't have been able to resist doing a test drive. But just to, to get in the suit to, to see how flexible it is, it wasn't going to happen. But uh, they very uh, – I mean, if it's not the one I buy, I don't think – I don't think it's one that I would say is not worth having. You know, I still haven't decided which way I'm going to go, but uh, you know, the, 
very persuasive uh, rep came in and, and talked about it. So, sure. Uh, yeah, and then the the, the thing is, it's, it, the uh, I have to say, if there's anything frustrating about it, is it's it's the choice that they give you of the three covers because it, it just mm-hmm. kind of goes into that. I mean, they've got the the sport, which if that's all they had, you would think, oh, that's fine. But then they've got... Ah, uh, wait, the, there's more. But then you got the tech, so it's a little bit more durable. And, of course, doing what we doing, we're doing, where you're muck diving and wreck diving. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm the type of kid who wore through a pair of blue jeans and in a couple months anyway. So, you know, I'm just thinking you, know, you, had to, you got the one that's a little bit more durable. So you got the tech. And then if that's not enough, now you've got the bullet. So you've got the three to choose from. you got the three thicknesses. Then you've got pockets, no pockets. It's just like the colors. Ultimate. Oh, the colors, yeah. Well, I, I, th- I think if we if we get one, we have to have a custom. We're gonna have to have a scuba, so? scuba obsessed logo on it, or with, like what with prison stripes? Prison stripes. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, now I was thinking like a big, you know, you know, red ass in the chest or something. Uh, <laughs> oh, you wouldn't. That be a. Uh, or, or maybe well, like a maybe we could have like a little logo like Star Trek, you know, which I, I, I can say, hey, they do have. Uh, in, in the in the chat room, Dave mentioned that Star Trek skins <laughs> are available, yeah. so you'd be right up there. Yeah, I think your ears would be good a good match for that. Yeah, the, the pointy. So, uh, oh gosh, so yeah. Just okay. Just imagine, um, say we're someplace where there's a lot of divers. Say say Gilboa. Okay, mm-hmm. or or say we we go and visit our friends over at uh, White Star. Um, okay, we we go walking in there and we've got a big red S on our chest. Surely we would be the envy of all the divers, wouldn't you think? I don't think envy's the word. Well, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just saying maybe reliving my playground experiences as a child. You say we're gonna get beat up for our milk money again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just thinking that there's a high tensile strength to a dry suit, so it could be hung by the flagpole. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I you know, but I, I but I'm I'm the type of guy I'm gonna do that though. I'm gonna if I get one, we're gonna we're gonna have to do something crazy on it. Heck yeah! Well, and, and speaking of that, I should have looked it up in cool scuba gear just to my normal. Looking through stuff, I did see that there was a line of wetsuits that was camouflage. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like a water camouflage, so you looked like floatsome. <laughs> it, it was kind of like an off blue with little brown chunks floating. And it was supposed if to anybody's be f- seen my surface sparkly. swimming technique, that's exactly what I look like. <laughs> you look like floatsome. <laughs> yep. So, but uh, yeah, that was uh, the camouflage. So. Yeah, I like to make fun of that, but somebody actually had one. Heck yeah. So, and... Oh, well, okay. Uh, well, and then this weekend, if you happen to be in the Ann Arbor area, we have the the show coming up, uh, the Ford Seahorses show, March 5th in Ann Arbor, and that's at www.shipwreckfestival.org. It's the 30th annual. I wish I could go, but there's just no way. I got too much going on yeah, Saturday. Yeah. So, oh, but uh, yeah, I'm just gonna miss out in this whole show season. So I'll have to make up for it with um, some some diving. I think so. Maybe maybe um, maybe maybe Sunday. 
Maybe Sunday. We'll have to we'll have to would figure that it out. Make you feel better? Uh, yeah, that would make me feel much better. Okay. But I do think you know we, we laugh about because I was last weekend I was I I go through these through this cold where I'll do two days of just completely miserable and then I'll drug myself up, make it through a day okay, and I think I'm fine not take anything the next day and then I'm all goopy again. So I went through that cycle way too many times and I was determined that there was no way I was not going to die Saturday. So, uh, and, and I didn't want to like drug myself to where I would be clear and then have something. I mean, even though we're diving in eight feet of water, but, uh, my theory was, is that breathing on the regulator would clear me up and it actually did. <laughs> I think the only time my voice was clear that whole weekend was the 20 minutes after I got out of the water. So, I thought you meant when you were yelling at me to untangle my line from... <laughs> no. Yeah. Because <laughs> you sounded pretty clear there. Well, I, I think part of it was without all that brain matter leaking out. That yeah. must have been what was right. affecting my speech. Oh, you had too much brain matter. I had too much brain water. Yeah. Gotcha. Pressure in the brain. So, well, I think we've about made it to that time of the show. Do we have... Anything else? Uh, as always, make sure you head over to the Scuba Obsessed website, www.scubaobsessed.com. If you're so willing, if you could go over to iTunes and put in a five-star review for us, write as little or as much as you want. Uh, we'd certainly appreciate it. If you're from another country, go ahead and give us a screenshot posted on Facebook. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash scuba obsessed. And then if you want to follow us on our, our Twitterisms, which I have to admit the last three or four weeks, I've, it's like I, I couldn't talk. So I didn't even feel like typing. <laughs> I just didn't. It's like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It was just sleeping and nothing else. So, uh, if, if, if you're looking at the Twitter stream, it gets better other than this week. So I'm uh, Darren Jilson, all one word, D-A-R-R-I-N-J-I-L-L-S-O-N on the on the Twitter. And uh, you are Jay Kleeman, J-K-L-I-E-M-A-N-N on Twitter. On Twitter. And then we also have the Scuba Obsessed account, which uh, will have some unique things from time to time and plus we'll post you on updates to the show so that's uh, scuba obsessed all one word on twitter and we have another week show in the can ready to go so i, I think we've got there seems like i'm always forgetting something is it is it that time uh yep i think it is I and, you so. know, it's not something I necessarily don't look forward to anymore. <laughs> oh, no. And the well, opposite of that is I kind of look forward to it. Is that wrong? Kind of, maybe. Uh, it, it, it could be very wrong. But then uh, also the one last little pitch is if you can, uh, if you're available. I know we missed a week, so we probably threw everybody off. But you can get in and, and chat with us live. We have an active chat room, so thank everybody who came in there. Uh, we have uh, Dave and Rich. Cinewick of uh, Diver Sink and Corvette and Og Tool and everybody in. So an active chat room. Thank you for, for that. And come on, that's Thursdays at 9 p.m. If you're listening to this recording, you can subscribe. Make sure you keep subscribed. We'll have some more stuff. And then I've got plenty of uh, the – got I got to edit some more material because we missed it with the uh, after-the-show stuff. So I've got hours and hours oh. of that I need to edit. But I just – I haven't felt like doing that. I got sick right after the last episode and just now. Mm -hmm. Now it's daunting. It's kind of like that homework project that you said you were going to start and 
you know, the teacher gave you an extension and you still don't have it done. And now it just is like, oh, what the heck? Maybe I'll take the zero. <laughs> so, right. Or kind of like the honeydew part project. Yeah. That never gets done that you keep walking oh, oh, by and you hope that yeah, that, she doesn't notice it's not done, but you know she knows. Well, that's what uh, that's what paint's for. You just cover it up with paint or a towel or a sheet. You know, painting that, that. is another project in itself. Oh, that's true. So... But, uh, yeah, so I'll get into that. We'll have to get some more of that or maybe make it into a different thing. Maybe I'll edit two or three of them into one. We'll call it a super after the show. But uh, after the Scoop Obsessed show, we get everybody on Skype. Uh, we try to get that done at a reasonable time because, uh, I don't know, I, th- I think I'm just getting to be an old man. I just don't stay up like I used to. So You are getting older. Yeah. So with that, we'll do the least or most look forward to the part of the show, depending on your your view. So, as a final warning, here we go. John was a clerk in a small drugstore, but he was not much of a salesman. He could never find the item the customer wanted. Bob, the owner, had just about enough and warned John that the next sale he missed would be his last. Just then, a man wearing a scuba diving cap came in and he was coughing. He asked John for the best cough syrup. Try as he might, John could not find the cough syrup. Remembering Bob's warning, he sold the man a box of X-Lax, told him to take it all at once. The customer did as John said and walked outside and leaned against the lamppost. Bob had seen the whole thing and came over and asked John what had transpired. Oh, he wanted something for his cough, but I couldn't find the cough syrup. I substituted X-Lax, told him to take it all at once, John explained. X-Lax, that won't cure a cough, Bob shouted angrily. Sure it will, John said, pointing at a man leaning up against the lamppost. Look at him, he's afraid to cough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we got a name for the show tonight. <laughs> Afraid to cough. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. But I think that does it. Yeah. And so, until next time, you're afraid to cough. Go out there and get wet <laughs> and dive safe. Goodbye. embarrassing to say February 3rd. Oh, yeah, that'd be horrible. Uh, Much worse than anything I've ever done. Exactly.